Today's edition of the podcast is brought to you by CoachMe Plus. CoachMe Plus is the leader in athlete management software and a product that I've been lucky enough to be using for a little over a year now. Only rivaled by the impeccable customer service that Kevin and his staff provides, CoachMe Plus's ability to constantly be amoeba-like in their ability to mold and, and matriculate what you're trying to get across and bring together is, is absolutely fantastic. Their constant pursuit of better ways and better methods and, and innovations and progress to their own product is absolutely fantastic. Go over to CoachMePlus.com, check out what they got, guys. It's, uh, it's something that I guarantee you won't be disappointed with. Hello and welcome to the podcast. Today, guys, we're going to sit down and talk with the University of Missouri's Dr. Brian Mann. We're going to have a few big announcements. We're going to talk about the latest and greatest from Dr. Mann, some new research he's doing and the happenings at Mizzou, and some other things that he's got going on. Some awesome stuff, guys. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. Let's get right to it. The first, the first three-time, three-time guest on the podcast. Yes. Hey. Somebody had to be first to do it. I'm glad it's me. Yeah, man. I told you, man. I'm like the co-host here. No doubt. You know, we're going to have to make that happen sooner than later. So let's start talking about something that is going on today. What just happened today? What just happened is the third edition of the Velocity-Based Training Book finally went live. Man, I'm, I'm excited about this. It's been a long time coming in more ways than one. Uh, I've been done. I had to take this one from uh, ebook, so some people are going to be upset about that, to a paper copy. And uh, I had to do that because of this whole thing about being a professor and academic credit and, and shit like that. Oops. And uh, stuff like that. Got to turn the filter on. I haven't had enough caffeine yet. So, you know, we're going through uh, Ultimate Athlete Concepts. They were gracious enough to help me out with the, the publication of it. Uh, so, man, that's it, it's what it is. There's like 35, I think, 40 new pages uh, of content in there. Uh, go into a lot more depth into a lot of topics. And I added a lot in. You know, there's new stuff coming out all the time. And there's so much new stuff coming out all the time that, you know, I've already started working on a fourth edition, which, you know, it'll take a couple years to get done. Because I don't want to just add like five pages here, five pages there. I mean, whenever the fourth edition comes out, I've got no doubt that it's going to be well over 100, 110, 120 pages. Right. So we're talking, you just said 30 extra pages. Yeah, man. So we're talking like, that's 15% more information. It might be 50. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't yeah no, that's awesome. Yeah, man, it's just, uh, you know, you stand up with the science because uh, there's the stuff that I've been doing, but the stuff that I've been doing is very minuscule because I don't, uh, you know, I, whenever I was a coach, just, uh, you know, I'm not technically a coach anymore, which is a little sad, but it's okay. Uh, you've got your athletes to take care of. Now that I'm a professor, you're like, oh, you're a professor, you got time to research. Well, dude, I don't go and get grant money. Let me shut my email off so it doesn't keep doing that ding-dong thing. Uh I, my, my job is to teach because I don't get NIH funding, you know, because uh, they're not never going to fund sport. People are like, oh, there's lots of money in sport. Yeah, right, man. Yeah, you, you tell me the funding agency that's out there for sport, and I'm, I'm going to jump on it right now. Uh, so, you know, I'm looking at a lot of the stuff that uh, the Spaniards have put out, you know, some of Dan Baker's stuff. 
Uh, Eamon Flanagan over in Ireland has done some amazing things. Uh, yeah, and we don't all agree on everything, but the amazing thing to me is the tremendous amounts of overlap. You know, and uh, you know we're going. Uh, I think the fourth, the third edition right now, we go into a great amount of detail of a lot of things. And then the fourth edition, I think that I'm going to be going into more stuff with uh, accelerometer units and using not just a linear position transducer, not just using like a, a gym aware, uh, you know, being able to, to do more things with it um, and, and opening things up a little bit. Uh, so, you know, third edition, uh, if you're using LPT of any type, Tendo, Gym Aware, uh, what's that really cheap one that uh, that's out there? It's, I think they're out by you, man. Uh, I don't even know. I have a gym, I have Gym Aware, so I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Stick with Gym Aware. This is fantastic. It, it, it's something where you can like open source the coding, so it's it's kind of it, it's uh, it's got potential, but it's uh, man, it's kind of like. Whenever I was looking at it, it reminded me of one of our, our bioengineer here made a uh, LPT, and he made it for about seven bucks. So you know you can make them really cheap. It's the coding and the software and the interfaces that that cost a lot of money because it takes a lot of time to develop. Uh, and that's an open source coding, so that's that's kind of cool. If somebody's a, a computer tech, they could go to that. And God, I wish I could remember the name of it. Uh, but you know, like you, I've got Gemaware. What do I care? Right. Uh, you know, so this third edition, if you've got any, if you've got LPT, this is the book to get. Uh, you know, the fourth edition that I'm going to start working on, uh, it's who well, I've already started working on. That'll have more stuff for the accelerometer, but we're looking about two years out on that because you know what, I got to play around with some of them and, and learn them better. I know the LPT like the back of my hand. Uh, it's the accelerometers that are different. Right. Yeah, Carl Valley did a, a live test and I missed it, man. I was in Brazil. I just realized that. So I need to call him and see how the live test went to see because uh, we see if one accelerometer was better than the others. Right. But that's available through Yosef's site. The link will be below. We uh, everything you know. I mean, this is like the best of both worlds. We got B Man and, and Yosef Johnson working together, collaborating, putting something out. This is uh, this is big time stuff. So we're pretty stoked about that. Um, so get on that, folks. Don't don't miss out on this. You know. Anybody that's picked up a copy of this before has, has found infinite value in the information. So, if you if you haven't toyed around with it and you haven't looked into it, I would I would highly recommend it. Yeah. So there's other news too, and this is kind of big news for me. Um, big news for me too. Yeah, man. We have we we are now going to start breaking out the lineup for the 2017 seminar. Uh, in July, the weekend after National, out in Vegas, right here at the University of Richmond. And the first speaker we are going to announce is Dr. Brian Mann. And, uh, yes! <laughs> and how we're going to do this is a little different um, for our listeners and people who are involved in the seminar and, and have been around. We have two topics that Doc is uh, looking at speaking on. And we're going to talk about those a little bit, and then there'll be a survey monkey that we'll put on Facebook, Twitter, um, and underneath here as well, where you guys are going to pick the direction that Dr. Mann goes. 
So, Doc, let's start rolling through those so people can have an understanding, and we'll go from there. All right. Well, you know, the, the first one is more like the advances in velocity-based training. Uh, you know, that there are the zones, and then there's some more stuff that's come out recently. Uh, and some of the zones, you know, people don't like, and it's okay. Yes, if you go with an individual velocity profile, it's going to be more accurate. I get that completely, but let me tell you something. If you're dealing with 501 athletes and 10 other coaches, you try staying on the same page with 501 different individual velocity profiles. So, but, uh, so there's the velocity zones that I want to uh, go ahead and, you know, we're, we're, we'll be going beyond that. So there's some fantastic research that has come out of Spain. And it's actually some of the stuff that I've kind of found uh, on my own on what works best. And they actually, uh, some of the things that I want to look at and possibly present on this summer is selective hypertrophy. You know, Hank talks about it all the time with Werner Gunther. And uh, we've got some different ways of looking at velocity uh, beyond just the zones to even some drop-offs that show, hey, you know what, if you do it this way, if you go with this percentage of drop-off, as long as you're hitting with maximal intent on every repetition, these are the fiber adaptations, right? And uh, so if you need, yeah, and, and there's not saying that there's something that's good or that there's bad, there just is, and it's what that person happens to need. If the person needs indiscriminate hypertrophy, right? They've got, you know, who would that be? Well, it'd be somebody who's just a little light in the ass and they're just weak. Right? They need indiscriminate hypertrophy. They need to be able to have the type 1 and type 2 fibers get as big as possible. But now let's think about this. What about somebody who wants to be a, a shot putter? Right? Or somebody who wants to be an Olympic weightlifter? Well, that's a completely ATP, PC, immediate energy system. What, what's the other? Phosphocreatine system. What, that's the system that's got energy system that's got like. I don't know, 150 different names that I keep hearing people refer to, and it's all that, you know, first 10 seconds. What does that person need? Well, all that person is going to need is type 2 fibers and the type of stuff that Warner Gunther did. Well, uh, of course, there's the things that Warner did, and, but if we wanted to look at barbells and strengthening and try and get max strength and max power and just the type 2 uh, hypertrophy, there's ways to do it with velocity and uh, the drop-offs, and there's been some fantastic stuff there. Uh, and also, you know, looking at developing power and doing it in different means from just the zones for different exercises. Because, I mean, dude, the zones work for, uh, and here's a, a, you know, thing that, the zones work for squat, bench, deadlift, basically, right? And you've got some other exercises that fit in there. Well, there's other exercises that may be very applicable for a sport, that uh, it doesn't work for, right? Uh, I've never had crew, so I've never looked at anything like a bench row. And the velocity, the terminal velocity on that is like 0.5 meters per second. Well, if you look at the traditional zones, that's you know something different, right? That's uh, that's accelerative strength, and there you know so you're not achieving 1RM on that. So looking at ways of developing power on what I would consider a non-traditional lift that would have a high transfer to that individual sport. So looking at some things like that, man. Uh, you know, so that's that one avenue that I'm looking at. Uh, do we want to break into two, or you got uh, questions on number one? Well, I think with number one, what I think is really interesting is that as actually a lot of the questions that I've had. Um, so selfishly, I, I, I like that quite a bit because I think that that looks at 
a lot of the things that when people look at DBT, you know, they where they kind of trip up a little bit. Okay. Um, but let's touch on number two, and then we can kind of bounce back and forth. Okay, number two, I want to – you think I could screen share and it'll jack things up or not? No, go ahead. All right, man, let's uh, share screens. I want to pull this up and hit start. All right, can you see my uh, little graph here? Yep. Okay, so this is from the 2016 NSCA National Conference. This is a, I don't know what they call them, podium presentation or something. It's a poster, but they wanted me to talk about it. If we look here, this dotted line is the traditional style of periodization that we've done and everybody has done and has been found by uh, Oklahoma State, Texas A&M, and Dayton in studies on Division I football. The Dayton study, I don't know if that was their team, if it was and it was 1AA or if the researchers got data from somewhere else. I read it, but it's been a while and I don't remember. But here's the deal. We see that by getting stronger, this is just power, right? We could have done the strength thing over here, but guess what, man? I ain't that freaking sharp with this type of stuff, and neither are my co-writers to be able to make these fancy graphs. But um, strength improved significantly every year. They PR'd on their squat every year. What happened to power? Year one to year two, there was a small increase. Year two to three was flat. Year three to four, it was flat. Using velocity. It increased. It increased. It got flat. Now, we know that with the velocity, it causes improvements. But here's the deal, is that there's a lot more to the jump than just the jump. So what I want to do is come over here really quick to this. Uh, ah, shit, let's do this. Let's zoom in a little bit so that it'll definitely show up. Uh, I deleted players' names, of course. Mm -hmm. But what we're looking at here is the jump and the way that the jump was derived. And, um, and we'll also get over to the far right and we'll see some isometric mid-thigh pull, just the peak force. I'm not, I don't have the uh, time bands on here because I've got to find a more efficient way to get the time bands and the gradients from the mid-thigh pull. But basically... Uh, you know, I, one of my favorite quotes was uh, is from Isaac Newton. And it's, if, I've, if I have seen further than other men, it is only because I've stood upon the shoulders of giants. I've spoken with people that are way smarter than me. I, you know, I'm I, like Cal, where I always try and keep that, um, that dumbest guy in the room mentality. That, you know, I'm not afraid to ask questions for that. So I've been speaking with people like uh, Tim Suckamel, Jeremy Shepard. Greg Hoff, uh, and Adam Beard, and these people have turned me on to some amazing things. And one of them will start out is just simply the way that the jump is done and the way that the force is derived. So I've used dual Pasco force plates. So that setup's like 800 bucks, as you well know. Mm -hmm. uh, we get, here's what we got. We got our peak jump force that's total. Then we get it how it's broken out left and right. Our peak landing force, which is always gonna be higher. Uh, how much higher? I got to figure that out, man. I got to figure that out. There's not much that's out there in the sport world, but there is in the um, biomechanics uh, world. Uh, peak landing force, the first time I heard of that was whenever uh, Trent, uh, Dr. Guest, sent me this. And, uh, yeah, this is why you work with people smarter than you. He, uh, peak landing force is something that they use in the joint replacement and prosthetics world to see is it gonna hold up and what activities can you do. 
uh, and you know the jarring forces. And then I called Tim Hewitt up, and I'm like, hey, you know, I've got this data. Would this, if somebody's extremely high on it, would it be a uh, sign of ligamentum dominance? And he said, absolutely, it would. And ligamentum dominance, that means that the people land on their ligaments instead of using muscular force. Now, we know it's going to be higher. Why is it going to be higher? Why should it should it be higher unless they do something uh, funny? Like you look here at this one, like what happened on that? Yeah, how I thought it's supposed to be higher. Yeah, dude, he didn't land on the plate, so the mat absorbed a lot of it. Mm. Uh, and most of what I care about is here, so that this is just something I'm looking at. Um, why is it always going to be higher? We've got the acceleration of gravity pulling us down at that 9.8, was it 9.846 meters per second squared or something like that. Somebody's going to bust me on that. People love doing that. I don't remember what it is. If I wanted to know, I would look it up right now. We have that left and right. Now here's what we've got. We've got flight time and time to take off. Now flight time is how long you're in the air. Time to take off is an estimate, not an estimate, it's a measurement of when you start of the movement until your toes leave the platform, okay? So those two combined give us, come all the way over here, to reactive strength index modified, okay? Now we see that there's all of this crap, right? There's a whole bunch of numbers here. And whenever a coach looks at this, all these numbers as we keep going over, right? It's like drinking from a fire hose. What matters? For me right now, the peak force, the peak power, and the RSI modified. That's what I care about. Now, why do I care about the, the RSI modified so much? Basically, this is telling us how springy and reactive the person is. Now, this isn't like Eamon uh, Flanagan's reactive strength index, uh, who also, let's see, uh, I believe Dave Hamilton has done a lot of work on. I say it's Eamon Flanagan's because he's the first person that I really heard about it from and, and uh, you know saw work on it, on it mm -hmm. from. Uh, but it's been around a long time where it's that drop jump, right? And they do it at was it 20, 30, 40 and centimeters. Maybe there's some more centimeter things that are in there. Well, if we just take the regular counter movement jump, we can get more information from it, okay? Uh, we can take the, the time to take off divided by, you know, by the, uh, the flight time divided by time to take off. It gives us this nice little number that lets us know, you know, how is this person dealing with force? And you see the stuff that's highlighted in red well, what I've done is I've gone through and I just use conditional formatting to look at a standard deviation above, uh, a standard deviation below the mean, mm -hmm. the uh, team mean. Now, what is the number that I need to be looking at? Hey, you know, I don't know yet. Okay, we're, we've got to be working on that. And I think that we're going to need to look at it per sport. Now, let's keep going over here. You know, we've got our average power, relative power, whatever. Peak jump forces, allometrically scaled. Here we've got isometric mid-thigh pull. So we've got their peak force on that. Now, if you remember, is that Siorski's book, uh, Science and Practice of Strength Training, at least the green cover? I've never read the one with Dr. Kramer on it. Uh, it's nothing against it. It's just that I'm a poor white boy, baby. I can't afford to go buy a whole bunch of new books. <laughs> but if, uh, if it's through Ultimate Athlete Concepts, I'm going to have it read. If it's not, I've, uh, and I've got to buy it. It's going to take some time, and I've got to find a way to buy it without my wife hearing about it. Uh, but this isometric mid-thigh pull, now what is it? It's not, it's mid-thigh pull from what the uh, Olympic lifting community calls a mid-thigh pull, which is really like a top of the thigh pull. It's where, you know, you're, uh, you're in that upright posture and your knee's slightly bent. It's right before you hit that second pull, mm -hmm. which is where peak force occurs. Uh, so that's the peak force number from it. 
like I said, I'm not taking, I don't have the bands and the gradients in here because I've got to find a better way to analyze that. And that's why I'm working with Dr. Guess because this guy's been using force plates for like 25 years. He knows this stuff like the back of his hand. Now what that gives us again is the dynamic strength deficit uh, from Zatsiorski. And uh, basically that's just telling us how explosive is somebody and relative how strong they are. What do they need to do? What do they need to improve upon to improve in athletics? Do they need to work on their rate of force development? Do they need to work on their isometric? Do they need to work on their total strength? And between the peak force on the jump, the peak force on the pull, RSI mod, and dynamic strength deficit, I between those two tests and those four metrics, I've got a pretty damn good idea, right? If somebody has a great dynamic strength deficit, but they can't jump and they're weak, guess what we need to do? We need to get stronger. What if somebody has got a great peak power on the jump, but they have a, or I'm sorry, on the pull, but they don't have one on the jump. They need to work on their uh, uh, explosive strength, the rate of force development. What if they've got a great power on the jump, but a low RSI mod? Well, it means they need to work on their reversal, right? Uh, the isometric phase, if you're looking at, you know, like Cal stuff. Uh, between these just few metrics, it can give us a lot to know on what somebody needs to develop. Uh, so, you know, that's the thing that I'm really kind of geeking out about because what we've done is with a couple of the teams here, we've started collecting this data uh, with baseball, uh, wrestling. We did it in the off season. We'll do it again in the spring after the season's over and through the summer, et cetera. Uh, softball and a, a few other sports are starting to jump on. And what we're trying to do is see, you know, small interventions and what are the uh, impacts on it. So, I want to go ahead and stop sharing here. I'm getting a little choppy on my end. I don't know if it is on yours. No, it's coming out great, man. Okay, fantastic. So, uh, you know, that's the other thing that I'm looking at, and I'm, I'm fired up about it. It's uh, I'm probably fired up about it because it's so new, but I'm always fired up about velocity stuff too. So, right. hence the conundrum. I don't know what to present on. Yeah, and I think that that's going to be neat to see where the people want to see. You know, let's. Let's give the people what they want. If the profession's asking for something, let's let's drive it in that direction. Now, there's other reasons why I like the second one because of more announcements that are going to be coming in the near future. Ooh. Yes, dun dun dun. Uh, stay tuned, folks. Be coming back because there's there's connections there as well. And if now, you hold on, Jay, I just want to say one thing on this. I just. Doing all the traveling that I've been doing, I've been watching Game of Thrones. I just hit the end of season six. I didn't realize there wasn't a season seven yet. So now you're telling me there's more to come. And I did that two days ago. And now you're telling me there's more to come and there's more things. There's a cliffhanger. I don't know if my heart's going to take it, Jay. <laughs> well, then I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> but no, there's each week we're going to keep adding another presenter either through the podcast or through a, a Q&A intro. And there's a direct connection with the second talk to one of our presenters. And if you've listened to the podcast in the past, we actually spoke about it with that individual. So, yes, there is an Easter egg out there. Um, what I really like about the first idea is that it can sit there and we can start to quantify different things. And I think that when you're talking selective hypertrophy, um, I think that that's super important because I think that 
connecting again with another presenter who will get to, I believe he's going to be announced in two weeks. Um, we're, when we're talking about dealing with athletes that work in the water, we don't have a lot of ideas or realities as to what actually works, but we do have a pretty good idea of fiber typing. So looking at that, I think, could be huge for people that work in that realm at least. Um, and then looking at the second talk, understanding what's important and why, I think, is always important. So two really fascinating ideas and things that could really help people. Yeah. Yeah, I need to get them both out there at some point. Maybe one's uh, 17 and one's in 19 or something. I don't know. Yeah, you know. Throw that out there, you know. To give even a little bit more background, if there were questions people asked, like which, if we're looking at the second one, how are we going to get into training information and things to support what that data shows and, and like directional things based on what that information is showing us? Right. So I've got just a little bit and I'm hoping to have a lot more by by then, by being able to do some small interventions here and there where we're looking at um, like, OK, uh, like I've sat down with the coach and it's up to the coach. Uh, I'm going to be completely honest. The coach should take my recommendation. It's like, OK, this guy, here's what he's got this great power. He's got this really low uh, RSI mod. He probably ought to do things like the uh, the wave squat, like uh they can't do those. Yeah. The old yeah, Javoric so wave squats. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. You dropping down and popping back up on the toes really yep. fast. Load, uh, you know, and doing things like that, you know, for that quick reversal. Uh, you know, but and what's going to happen is I don't know. And that is what's so exciting right now to me. This is like 1999, 2000 with the velocity stuff, you know. Uh, so that's what really, really excites me. And there's some people out there that probably know better than I do. Uh, like Jeremy Shepard, like, you know, he's the guy that coined, uh, they wrote the paper on dynamic strength difference. Uh, and you'll see it also on, no, dynamic strength deficit is what he called it. You know, there's another paper that's out there, but I can't remember who the author is, but they also said it was dynamic strength index. So those two things are exactly the same metric. Mm -hmm. It's just, I think the second person didn't know that the first person had already written the paper. Uh, and that's the booger about stuff with, uh, in research is if there's only one or two things that are already out there, if your key search, your uh, key term search is off by one, by a letter, sometimes you won't find it. And uh, but uh, but both of those things, man, you know. Uh, and, and I'm going to be talking with Jeremy Shepard. You know, I'm, dude. Why am I going to try and go out and do something all on my own? I'm going to be talking with Tim Suckamel. I'm going to be talking with these guys. They've already done some of this stuff. Why in the hell would I try and think that I'm smarter than them when they've been doing this work for years? So, you know, there's stuff that's out there, uh, and I probably just haven't came across it yet, or they haven't published it yet. So we're going to be working towards it. That might be a better thing in a, a few years for whenever I've actually got stuff on it. But, you know, by God, this is 800 bucks, Jay. A damn uh, jump mat is, what, six between six and 700 bucks? Yeah, I was going to say like 550 but somewhere in that area, yeah. Yeah, well, still, so for not much more than a jump mat, you can get all this additional information. Mm -hmm. And you can also get in with the right-left difference. You know, and I think that, to me, that that's something that we've got to be out and shouting to the rooftops. And, you know, there's some other companies that are coming out now, too. Well, Vernier has already been out with the other 1D force plates. And there's some that are coming out that are bigger and dual uh, 
for more and more uh, money and better um, better analysis. Now, I will say that uh, the the spreadsheet that I just showed isn't from Pasco software. Uh, that spreadsheet that I just showed, I mean, obviously it's Excel, so it's not from their software. But uh, Dr. Guest used, uh, oh, MATLAB, I believe is the name of it, or LabVIEW, I can't remember, to analyze our raw data. And uh, and that's where that this came from, where this thing is like, I don't know, 25K, 50K, something like that. Uh, the original raw data file that I sent him was uh, 12 megabytes. So, you know, we're looking at... Uh, you know, you, you've got to have some analysis. So if you don't have somebody on campus, you're probably better off spending a little bit more money and getting a software or a combined system that does all that for you. No, it's pretty awesome. And yeah, we've we've gotten to toy around with it a little bit too. And you know, I've used the jump mats before, and it is. I think it gives a lot of just like quality, simple stuff that you can look at and figure out real quick. And yeah. it's it's not for. You know, when you're talking about what you get for what you pay for, I think that it isn't a bad idea for a lot of people, especially like if you could get interns to run the numbers, it's really not that bad. Yeah. And, you know, if you've got somebody on campus who can write code with MATLAB or LabVIEW, mm -hmm. uh, we're, as long as they do it in a set way, and what we're doing now is we're holding the PVC pipe on the back, we're waiting for two seconds of a flat line on our PASCO thing, and then telling them to jump. Well, that allowed by doing it that uh, standardized approach, we can code that sucker, man. And then there's yeah, there's going to be some outliers that they're going to have to go back in and do, but it takes them no time. It's a button push. Yeah. Uh, Jay, real quick, I'm so sorry to to do this. Uh, this is coming out like right now, isn't it? Uh, like yeah, today or tomorrow. Okay, so uh, coaches conference. We've got, I've got several things at the coaches conference to push. There's the round table where we're going to be talking about issues uh, that, and the round tables are basically, it's the first day, it's Wednesday. I can't remember what time, uh, but we're going to, we always have a great time talking about issues that are going on in the field. And uh, it's a round table and the fact that everybody sits around a bunch of round tables as it's been every year. Uh, and we, you know, share discussions throughout a huge group of a couple hundred people. Uh, I've got my talk on uh, deeper than the data, and this is one of my favorite talks. Uh, that basically it's how to get more out of what you are already doing, and that schedule and time is up on the website. And then the uh, college sig of which I'm the chair, we we're going to have our regular business, and then we've got uh, I've got to text him to make sure he's still in. But Carl Valley coming in doing a special guest Q and A. Awesome. So, People can ask anything that they want. So, you know, I wanted to go ahead and, and throw that stuff out there. That uh, And uh, it's still open election time, open nomination time for the NSCA. So there's people out there who complain about things, that somebody should be doing this, somebody should be doing that. Yeah, you know what? Here's your time to put up or shut up, baby. Yeah. Uh, you either jump on board and do something to make the change that you think needs to happen, or you can just shut the hell up because I hate whining. No doubt, man. Don't be one of those kids sitting out of class who didn't vote. Yeah, you yeah. know. So if you want to make a change, run. Yes. Want to make a difference, run. Yeah. So. No, awesome. Or at least vote for someone that you're gonna be appreciative of the effort they're gonna put in, and you know is gonna give a voice for you. Absolutely. So yeah, um, I'll get in touch with Scott and make sure we link that up too below, um, okay. because you know all the work you guys do with that, 
people need to take a look at that and be involved and, and make sure that this isn't just a flash in the pan. So links below. We've got a link to the book. We've got a link to the uh, the survey monkey of which do you want to see. VBT 2017 with the selective hypertrophy or the jump analysis versus the mid-thigh pull and what we're seeing with training and how that's impacting it. And then uh, the, the third and final link below is going to be a direct link to the NSCA Coaches Conference. So start clicking away, folks. Check out all that. And uh, Doc, killer as always, brother. Always great to catch up. Always great, Jay. Yeah, man. Appreciate your time, buddy. And this will so be up tomorrow, which will be today when people are listening to it. So well, appreciate fantastic. it, brother. Thank you. Thank you, my man. We'll be in touch soon. Sounds good. And a huge thank you to Dr. Brian Mann for spending the time with us today. Guys, huge announcements all over the place. VBT Volume 3 is out. It's always a great resource. Pick it up. There's a link below to Yosef's page. Uh, it'll also be on sale in the CVA SPS store. Um, you know, if you use VBT, you understand how great of a resource this is. I can't recommend Dr. Mann's work enough. Grab it, guys. It's big time. And, of course, the huge announcement that Dr. Mann will be back in Richmond this July for the 2017 seminar. Please take literally as long as it takes for your browser to open the page and for you to pick one or the other to, to let us know which topic you want Dr. Mann to cover. We're going to give you guys what you want. Like I've said at the seminar in the past, we do our best to bring in the people you guys want to hear from, um, and we want to bring the topics you guys want as well. So please click the second link, pick one or the other, and, and we'll make that happen this July. And finally, guys, the third link, make sure you check it out, the Coaches Conference. It's right around the corner. All the work Dr. Mann and Scott Caulfield are doing for the profession, guys. I, I can't recommend this weekend enough. Check it out. Uh, I hope that you guys can make it out because they're doing fantastic things for the profession. And on top of that, vote in the NFCA elections. If you aren't going to run yourself, make sure you find somebody that you can support and is going to help continue to push the profession in a positive manner the same way that Doc and Scott have done it. Scott, thank you so much. Keep up the great work. Doc, again, thank you for organizing these things. And thank you again for taking the time with us today. We're stoked to have you back in July, buddy. And as always, guys, if you enjoyed the talk, please share it through the social media outlet of your choice, Facebook, Twitter, whatever it may be. Again, just trying to get information out to coaches, whether it be through the manual, the seminar, or the podcast. So share away, guys. Um, we're really excited for July. We're starting the intros today, and we're going to get through all, everybody, hopefully by the end of January. Um, we're going to have the date finalized, hopefully here too in the next 10 days, so that'll be coming out soon too. And as always, guys, thank you so much for everything you do for us here at Central Virginia Sport Performance. We'll be back again next week with another awesome guest. We will see you then.